This is BioBusters, Professors Hanging Out Talking Science, episode number 18, recorded on September 18th, 2019. listening to the podcast that takes you beyond the classroom and into the trenches of science. I'm Dr. Abby Abdallah, and I'm here with Dr. Fawner. How are you today? Every day podcasting with you is a joy. It's like thrilling. I I don't know how to describe it for our listeners. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Great day. Great day. How's how are classes going? Well, uh, I haven't yet taught in a classroom that is T minus four weeks. Well, that's fancy. Some of us are teaching. Yeah, well, apparently others have gotten, you know, a little bit of a head start, but I am primed and ready to go uh, 28 days, so the countdown's on. Is MMS your first one, the master's program, your first lecture? Uh, I get all of my master's lectures done, and then I do a week of MS1. Yeah, fun times. I know. And we are here with Dr. Jack Lee. How's it going, Jack? It's good. Yeah, it's a long week, but it's good. Yeah, I bet you just had a long meeting too. Yeah, I, well, I've been teaching, so I haven't had the privilege of, of you know, having time a off. Privilege of honor, yeah, having a <laughs> time there, off sitting in his office. Sitting there coming up with questions, coming around yeah. here, bothering Jack about Fantasy checking questions. footballing. Well, I don't do that on work time for those who are listening from the administration. <laughs> I reserve fantasy HR football. is listening. Yeah, what is fantasy football? I've never heard of that before. before yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, never, before 8 a.m. and after 4.30 is when we do our fantasy right. talk. That's it. Fantastic. 4.31. 4.31. That's right. That's right. Cool. And uh, Jack, you have been a professor at Lecom for how long? Uh, almost four, four full years now. Cool. So. Cool. And you teach primarily physiology. Is that correct? Yep. Cool. Yep, physiology. Uh, anything you want to tell us about you, your work at Lecon before we get going here? Yeah, I mean, so I teach physiology here, but I, um, before this, I did postdoc work at both the University of Chicago. Um, oh, no. And I uh, worked there uh, in the Center for Pediatrics, but kind of the NAP Center for Biomedical Discovery. Um, and then I worked at Albany Medical Center in the Center for Cardiovascular Sciences, but primarily we focused on pulmonary and, and cardiac function, kind of how they're interrelated. So, um, Which makes you a perfect guest for our show today because we're going to talk about vaping. That's just crazy how that happened. Right, I know. It's like we actually planned it or something. (laughs) Right, there is that. So uh, today is September 18th. You want to tell us, uh, Fawner, about a... uh, We don't have a birthday for today, but we have a science event. Yeah, science event, which I guess what we do at the beginning of each of these podcasts, a birthday is in and of itself a science event, so it's notable. Um, we're going to talk about the first Latin American in space. So in 1980, Cuban cosmonaut Arnaldo Tamayo Mendez became the first person of color and the first Latin American sent into space on board. That would be the Soyuz 38. Soyuz, that's uh, Russian, yeah. okay. right? Hence the name cosmonaut, by the way. Uh, yeah. I don't know if people know that. I mean, I'm sure we know it, but maybe our listeners don't. Different between an astronaut and a cosmonaut apparently is just American Country. slash European versus Russian. I was going to say anybody who's watched any NASA movie or space movie, hopefully they've heard cosmonaut, but yeah. maybe that's just me, you know, geeking out. And but, the Soyuz um, is sort of the Russian equivalent of sort of like Apollo. our Apollo missions. Yeah, exactly. So he was uh, one of a two-man team. Uh, comprising the seventh international crew under the Intercosmos program. And Tamayo Mendez spent several days aboard the Soviet space laboratory, uh, Salyut 6. Was my pronunciation good there? Uh, I, uh, we'll just say it is. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know Cyrillic or Russian, so <laughs> by all means. Sometimes I like to give it a shot and then it ends up coming back to bite me. Totally butchered that. I was like, that was Yeah, we would have been fantastic. Okay, good to hear. Uh, So he engaged in several experiments and actually measured the speed at which sugar crystals grow in space. And he was born January 29th, 1942. The things we spend money on, huh? Well, I mean, sometimes you need to know. He's making rock candy in space. Absolutely. That's what he was doing. Uh, I'm not complaining about that. Basic science is important. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, you have to taste it afterwards, right? 
One would hope. I mean, that would be a Make waste a of a cargo. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> do that experiment unless there was the, you know, end goal time to taste test. Can you imagine pitching that idea? You're like, what are you going to do up there when you get into outer space? You're like, make rock candies. That's my goal. NIH grant proposal number four. <laughs> That's a good grant title. I got to say. Absolutely. Okay. So any uh, clarifications on the show for today? I don't think so. Nobody's emailed us yelling in electronic form saying, hey, this is what we've done wrong. So I think we're ready to get started with our hot topic for the day. Okay. So we're going to talk about vaping. Vaping has been in the news recently because of deaths, right? And um, uh, there are some theories that what's causing that, you know, mysterious illness slash, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, right? Uh, but enough uh, people have died recently from vaping-related illnesses that uh, it's caused a national uh, I don't outcry, say, I uh, say. uproar, but yeah, sure, outcry yeah. and uh, renewed interest in these products. Different bands. I mean, people are certain to maybe take this a bit yeah. more seriously than they have in recent years. So w- what is vaping? It's a result of something called an e-cigarette, right? So what's an e-cigarette? So e-cigarettes or e-cigs, I guess, as the uh, teenagers or cool kids like to call them, uh, these e-cigs have a heating element that heats up to the point of aerosolizing uh, what you're drawing on and inhaling in. So basically whatever is going to be found in these e-cig or e-cigarette like or these cartridges. cartridges. Yeah. Exactly. And you inhale and exhale the remainder, which has propylene glycol. That's what gives it that kind of vaping effect, right? Uh, the effect of smoke. Now, it has nicotine, right? Yes, it does. Okay. And, uh, some, some of them yeah. do, yeah. Okay. You can put different things, sure. and the cartridges come with different things that right. can undergo, um, that can be heated, right, and aerosolized. It's uh, also these... a common way now of, or a more common way of uh, uh, smoking or inhaling THC-related yes. stuff, right? Yeah. CBD as well. And the usage is estimated to be around 10 million adults, right? Not Which for the THC, just total e-cigs. Total e-cigs. Total e-cigs. Usage e-cigs. comes in at about 10 million adults, which... That was a pretty staggering number whenever I first saw it. I mean, this is only are... in the U.S., not worldwide usage of these things. Ten yeah. million adults is only in the U.S. So it's like what ten percent? Uh, no, less three percent, right? Three percent, okay, three percent, right. something like it that. It would be ten percent of a hundred, right? And we're at about three hundred thirty million or so. That's everyone, right? That's all people, including all toddlers people. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, not of adults. Oh, I see what I, yeah. I see what you're doing there. Yeah, ten percent of adults. Okay, got it. So, I mean, and it's particularly popular. I think we have a stat that we're going to get to a little bit later, but it seems to be particularly popular among teenagers, which is a very alarming uh, statistic and trend, which, again, we'll discuss in a little bit. So, originally, these were developed uh, as a way maybe of helping people quit smoking, right? Because Mm -hmm. they they would have less effect or less harmful chemicals than cigarettes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they were also thought to be um, a way to, to, cur- to wean people off of to nicotine curtail addictions. Yeah. smoking. Okay. A healthy yeah. cigarette. Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, cigarettes aren't necessarily healthy, but right. exactly. it's a healthier version. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it turns out that they have uh, maybe more nicotine per punch, right? Or Depending on the cartridge, right. right, that you're able to get a much higher level or concentration of nicotine that you are inhaling and along with other possible contaminants and other ingredients that are found in these cartridges, right? So with the chemical reactions that are taking place here, um, it's kind of, there are some things unknown that you're actually putting down into your lung tissue, which is a scary, uh, scary thought. And because of the way they were marketed, uh, a lot of people thought, oh, they're safer than cigarettes or they don't have any harmful effects. And it turns out that a lot of teenagers who would not have otherwise been addicted to nicotine because they would not have smoked are now addicted to nicotine because they are on these E6s. Is that correct? Exactly. And these things have been around, which, again, it's... Over a decade. I guess guess surprising to me because I had only thought maybe a few years, but it dates back 10 years. Yeah, yeah, over a decade. So the 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 few years, I think, might be because of that... uh, Juul company, right? So Mm -hmm. that's one of the... Explosion. Yeah, most famous ones that has... Literally exploded. Sometimes literally exploded. (laughs) No pun intended. They got bought into, though, pretty from the tobacco industry, right? Like, they they said, hey, we're losing customers. Right. Let's go sell the thing that they're buying now. Yeah, what a great innovation, right? Well, I think that it's interesting because, like, the idea is, like, these are safer, right, than a cigarette. Mm -hmm. But then you have a whole bunch of people that weren't ever going to smoke cigarettes 
now smoking them yeah it's not safer than nothing right like, yeah of course the the best thing is to avoid not yeah. smoke anything right and what's even kind of scarier again i think part of this podcast and part of our discussion will be um illumination on this topic and talking about uh educating about what these e-cigarettes can do what's found in them etc but um e-cigarettes currently in the u.s marketplace marketplace rather have not been reviewed by the fda to determine their impact on lung health yeah they're not i mean but are are cigarettes reviewed by the fda i mean they don't need fda approval right i think they go that's actually a good question. They have to have the stamps on them, right? Yeah. To have I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that's not like warning. FDA, you know. Yeah, it doesn't have the seal like, approval. You know, multivitamins is a big one out there. Herbal supplements. Mm-hmm. I guess tobacco. I mean, it's just, yeah. Just yeah. a plant. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It is just a plant. So, well, let's get into the meat of the discussion. Well, what, we're interested in, uh, obviously, the harmful effects of it and the medical aspects of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, tell us about that or... So, I mean, basically, they have found a link between the harmful chemicals that can be found inside of these vapes and e-cigarettes and the cause of irreversible lung damage and lung disease, right? And going is, again, this seems like a while ago, given the recent controversy over this stuff, but uh, what, in January 2018, the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine did a consensus study report and reviewed over 800 different studies and And, and what's a consensus study or what's a consensus study report so basically consolidation of all these different reports uh you know uh, synthesis of the major results and conclusions across these what 800 different reported studies that investigated the harmful effects of e-cigs so i mean there's actually a lot of uh, papers published already on this and you know i was surprised about that because you know, it, it, it blew up in the news about mm-hmm. a, a month ago, right? Or, you know, in the past month. And everybody's like, oh, you know, effects of these, this and that. And then I did like a, you know, like your PubMed search just to see published papers on this. And there's actually a lot that go back five, six, seven years even warning about some of the health effects of these uh, products. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's something that was on the radar, but maybe as like the popularity went up, mm-hmm. started, you know, obviously catching a lot more attention. So... Yeah, I think anytime you're ingesting or inhaling something, that's that's always going to be on a scientist's radar of yeah, you know, what are you putting in your body? But well, especially of all the systems, right? Given all of the physiological systems, the uh, lungs are the ones that are most easily accessible to the environment. I mean, it, that's logical. The, the funny thing is, right? Like the idea is, the only thing you should ever put in your lungs is air, right? Right. So like, you shouldn't put water in there. We'll say. Because yeah. that's you're just gonna drown, mm-hmm. right? So you shouldn't do that. But like, the idea is that like, oh, well, this is healthier than that. Or that well, the only thing that should ever be in there is kind of this air mixture, right? That comes in from the outside. So, you know, we always worry about smog. We worry about any kind of thing that you inhale. Mm-hmm. You never want to stand next to a, like a fire and breathe that in constantly. It's never. That's probably not a good healthy. feeling. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna choke. Yeah, I mean, you have a small tolerance to smoke, but not 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 a high one. No, not at all. And it's a simple kind of rule to live by, like what you said, Jack, is you really should only put one basic thing into your lungs, anything else, and you're facing lung damage and potentially irreversible lung damage. So I think, but it's funny then, because then people are like, well, this is healthy. I'm like, healthier is than it? what? Like, like, than a cigarette, I guess, but yeah, it's a cigarette. Yeah. Like, they're not healthy either. Healthier than a cancer stick, for sure. But I mean, what they and what these studies basically report on and like two main conclusions, right, is that um, these e-cigarettes contain and emit numerous potentially toxic substances, a few of which we'll mention in the next few minutes. But and this is probably more alarming, as we have hinted at at this point, um, there is moderate evidence that uh, youths who use e-cigarettes are at increased risk for coughing and wheezing disorders and an increased likelihood to have um, exacerbations with asthma. So if you think about the targeting and the promotion of these e-cigarettes to um, younger populations, we're now predisposing them to these different nasty pulmonary disorders. Well, and it also turns out that uh, in most cases that 
lung damage is completely irreversible, right? There have been cases where some, some, some of that lung damage somehow, you know, miraculously reversed or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But in most cases, the damage you make to the lung is permanent. Yeah. That's why people, when you think about smoking, right, and cancer, most people that smoke are like, well, I'm never going to catch cancer. But 30, 40 years later, they're, they're catching cancer because it's not necessarily even an immediate impact. It's something that maybe you did some damage to something in the lung, a stem cell or something like that. Yeah. And then 20, 30 years from now, you're going to end up with some malignant cells that keep growing. So I think people are very, I guess, less aware mm-hmm. of their lungs becoming damaged. I mean, they are pretty good at functioning. They, you know, you have way more capacity in there than you normally would ever use. So, like, you can tolerate a little damage here and there, but you never know about it. You just sit there kind of thinking, like, oh, until you start wheezing mm-hmm. and then coughing, then, right. oh, okay, something might be wrong. But people are very unaware of the health of it, right? Like, you lose an arm, it's an obvious thing. You lose a few air sacs or something, you're never going to notice it. You don't exactly. notice. Exactly. So, it's, you know, less, I mean, some of, these, conscious. some of these pictures of what, you know, lungs that have been exposed to decades of smoking, I mean, it, it looks, it's not nice to look at like nobody no, enjoys no. looking at those dissected out lungs yeah, right but usually that's like what the, mostly because of the tar in cigarette smoke yep. right yeah. now do you get that same uh black deposition effect with vaping do we know i would say no but i think um i've, I've seen lungs so i we, we used to work in a lab where we got lungs sent to us from the va hospital mm-hmm. like an actual human lung tissue from smokers non-smokers and, and you can tell when you see a smoking lung it is is they're very for lack of better words is very intense to look at because it the damage is very obvious to someone that can look at you can see it from without using a microscope without dissecting things out you, you can see the tar on them right away um but you know with vaping you don't have the burnt plant material right mm-hmm. so that's a big part of it that's one of the things that obviously polyaromatic hydrocarbons that's highly related to cancer mm-hmm. um and, and highly correlated to cancer so you don't have those things and you don't have the, the tar the plant material some of the other chemicals they use for refining tobacco. So, and that's why it was originally advertised as a healthier, safer option, right? Yeah. But then you're kind of, you're saying, oh, this is what's lacking um, in the e-cigs that a normal cigarette contains. But then you have these other things that are yeah, toxic what else to cells, exactly. right? So propylene glycol, uh, vegetable glycerin have been demonstrated to be toxic to cells. And the more ingredients of those, higher concentration of those in an e-liquid, greater the toxicity effects on right. your lung cells. Okay. And then you have other dangerous chemicals, right? You have formaldehyde, acrolin, and different aldehydes that have been demonstrated, and this is, again, surprising, uh, can cause not only lung disease and disorders, but also heart disease, cardiovascular, yeah, cardiovascular disease. disease. So kind of a double yeah. whammy here, yeah. which, again... Cardiopulmonary, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, say that again. What? It's cardiopulmonary, right? Your yeah. lungs and yeah. your heart are... Yeah intimately related mm-hmm. and formaldehyde i mean that's used to fix tissues right i mean yeah. that's that's a like an embalming liquid right mm-hmm. i mean it's it, it's not gonna doesn't uh, help yourself yeah it's not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not any kind of stimulant or <laughs> i think one of the things too you look at these chemicals right so you, i think anyone that i've talked to that vapes you know they always say like oh you're you're just trying to throw out terms out there but like with smoking cigarettes for example right we didn't know how bad cigarette smoke was for a long time. Well, we knew, but like it wasn't a very conscious thing for decades. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, people we saw the instance of cancer start to increase. We saw, you know, people have you know asthma and emphysema and, and COPD, and then we started to realize, well, that might be tied into the fact that there's a higher percentage of the population smoking. Mm-hmm. So now we have this new trend starting, and everyone's like, well, you don't know if it's harmful. Well, we also don't know that it's not right because there's not been decades-long study of high populations of people doing e-cigs for 30 years. Right, right. You don't know it doesn't cause cancer because it might 10, 20, 30 years from now, all of a sudden you start seeing all these cases come about. But it's the same problem they ran into with cigarettes early on. You just didn't know until enough people had been exposed to it that, oh, yeah, yeah, this is this is not something we want to like have continually happen to people. Which is scary to think that we're just seeing more of the acute effects right now, right? We're seeing yeah, we're not seeing short-term. The effects, we're not seeing these long-term over a period of, I mean, what's going to happen a decade or two decades from now? The people who quote-unquote miraculously recover or out of the hospital didn't succumb to the short-term effects. What are they going to physiologically be like 10 years from now, 20 years from now? We don't know the extent of this damage yet. No, we don't. So, And you mentioned earlier acrolin, right? Uh, what is that? 
So that's what an herbicide, um, primarily yeah. used to kill weeds. So think about it like that. You're not only putting a fixative or minute amounts of formaldehyde down to your lungs, you're also putting a weed killer down there. So right. you know, so there's no weed in your lungs. <laughs> I don't know where you went to school. I was taught that you got to kill the weeds down in your lung tissue. That's a joke, obviously. Um, but, you know, this acrolin has been demonstrated to um, cause acute lung injury, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and has even been linked to potentially causing asthma and uh, lung cancer. Lung cancer. Yeah. Now, uh, what about uh, secondhand smoke? We know that secondhand cigarette smoke is bad. Even now, there's talk about third-hand smoke, right? The stuff that gets deposited on walls and carpets mm-hmm. and things like that, right? Uh, what about secondhand uh, smoke exposure from these uh, e-cigs? Short answer? It's bad. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> it's not air, right? It's right. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And the, uh, the idea is, I think, it's that it's thought of uh, just equal to uh, vaping. So, yeah, secondhand vaping, secondhand smoking, um, either one of these. And I think you mentioned this actually when we were discussing this a few days ago, the three of us. um, Weren't we anecdotally saying that the plume of smoke that comes out of these vapes seems to be kind of much larger? I mean, yeah, they have competition. Is that right? They try to like make animals with them and stuff and try to like. Yeah, oh, so while have, like, the while you point. guys discuss that, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. What a YouTube video on uh, secondhand vaping competition. He's for like twenty minutes. Oh wow! I mean, that's they make, just like dragons and stuff. Like, it's crazy. Well, I wish I was that. Maybe like, there's a movie I'm thinking of, but they they definitely wish I was that like artful. <laughs> oh man! And then you had mentioned before. Wow! We, Look at this. They do have the competitions. Yeah, it's called cloud chasing vape oh. competition or cloud chasing the act of exhaling large clouds of vapor after using vaping device look there's even like an article five tips for competitive vaping now we know it's wow great. this is insane so in the first place prize is a trip to the uh you know, critical care unit <laughs> and you look at all these videos i'm going you're right i'm going to be lost in a maze of videos here <laughs> I'm sure I'll get a text later on. Check out this one <laughs> video. Look at this bloom of smoke. Oh, this is insane. And huge, they're like huge plumes of smoke, too. Right? A competitive vaping guide. Eight things you need to know. Vaping 101. What are cloud competitions and are they safe? Cloud chasing. Is it safe? Is that? Cloud chasing. This is the first time I've, I've heard of this. Oh, all right. Well, back to our topic. Well, and Jack had mentioned before we went on the air, so to speak, about that one chemical um, that's in that flavoring, Jack, that's been linked to serious lung disease. Oh, the past. Yeah, uh, popcorn lung. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Tell us about popcorn lung. So, All right, so what is that? So popcorn lung was this thing that came along, ooh, I want to say a couple of decades ago, um, in the manufacturing and creation of microwavable popcorn. Mm-hmm. There's different flavors, right? There's butter flavors. It's all these right. things. You, you always think about it. You're like, don't worry, I just throw in the microwave. What, right. what, what's the worst thing that could happen out of this? But if you inhale too much of this, I think it's like diacetyl, this chemical, it actually causes destruction to the, the bronchioles in your lungs. So you, you start to lose air sacs, essentially. Um, and they didn't really know about it until all these people that worked in popcorn factories, right, making this thing, making heating up these chemicals, we'll say, and, and putting them on there, all of a sudden started coming down with, you know, breathing issues and wheezing and coughing. And they couldn't figure it out for a long time, but... Turns out it's a chemical. They actually had a case, I looked this up like last week, where a guy who ate a lot of microwavable popcorn, like lots, right? Every time he opened the microwave, just in the face. Why eating all that? You, you, this is like at home, not like yeah. he's, not, he's not like part of a hospital, mm-hmm. not, not a part of a factory or whatever. This yeah, is like at home. at home use. Yeah, and he actually acquired popcorn lung from it. Wow. So they were like, how many bags of popcorn do you have to microwave a day? I mean, that has to be a ton. And does he live like in a bubble? Does he not have like exhaust in his I house? I just picture him like, I don't want to be neat. But like, you know, how much do you have to breathe in? You, like you, you, you just really you like have to smell open and... the microwave, stick your head in there <laughs> like, and just like take a deep breath. Maybe, maybe like the sun, you just leaned in. Like, I mean, popcorn oh. smells good. I mean, I mean I, 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 it does smell good. I don't yeah, not yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there, like, you don't think about the fact that when you heat chemicals up right you're gonna inhale them yeah it's obvious when they're burning and there's smoke we look at them and say oh yeah that's dangerous i shouldn't because you can see the smoke you can physically but when all of a sudden another chemical gets heated up and it's in the air you really only realize it if it's noxious if it's something you don't like yeah. right right so, oh yeah you're right absolutely sulfur yeah. i didn't even think about that 
It's like, true. What is you inhale thing? chemicals daily. You just don't know you're inhaling them unless you have sort of an adverse Some type of noxious yeah, substance yeah, yeah. that yeah. you're acutely aware of. Huh. And I'm, I mean, I'm learning so many new things today. I'm going to, this vape competition, I still have that window open. I'm going to come back to it later. Well, thank God for this controversy known as vaping, or else we wouldn't be able to be this excited about it. But again, we kid. Um, but thinking about like everything else that's found inside of these emissions, right? Uh, benzene, right? That very nasty, volatile organic compound. Um, normally found in, in car fuel, right? Exactly. Yeah. Heavy metals have been reported to be found in these emissions, such as nickel, tin, and lead. Um, you know, nicotine, other ultrafine particles, and thinking about the combination of all of these things inside of the um, inside of these emissions, you know, while these things are being heated up, you are getting chemical reactions taking place, and you're breathing in substances that we're probably not even aware of at this point, right? right? Unknown contaminants right. that are going down into your lung tissue. And again, I would just be interested to know 10, 20 years down the line, what is going to be the long-term result of this? You can. Did you know you can change the heating element in it? I think so, I did oh, know that. Actually. I didn't know that. So vaping and e-cigs, you can. And some of them, not all of them, but depends on the company, right? But some of them, you can change the voltage. We'll say. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I've seen the ones that have like different uh, voltage settings. Yeah. So, but you can overheat things. Like, so the company may have some recommended heat that you go. To, Got it. But there's nothing stopping you from. Right, cranking that thing up and sure, just making a whole bunch of smoke for no like for that competition. But you, like most people would be unaware of what that would do, right? Like you wouldn't know that if I overheated some of these chemicals, they could also then transition. They could you know combine like other chemicals. Right. They could mm -hmm. do all kinds of things. That you yeah, don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. There's a high. There's a different risk, unknown different risk. Absolutely. And we had mentioned before about this idea: um, the biggest at-risk group besides any maybe immunocompromised individuals or, and again, something we'll get to, vaping and smoking cigarettes concurrently, right? That has been shown to also be extremely dangerous. Double but, dose. You're going for both. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like so healthier, I think uh, we'll do both. Well, the, the, the study that was referenced, I think, uh, in a recent episode by Science Friday, if I remember correctly, like, a, I don't know, maybe a month ago or something like that, uh, was that obviously smoking cigarettes is bad for you, right? Uh, I, mean, I hope we all know that. Right. Doing Some people are like, no. <laughs> well, no, not yet. I can get away with it. Doing the vaping is bad for you, but less bad than cigarettes, mm -hmm. right? But it turns out combining them has sort of a synergistic or additive effect where it turns out some people that vape also do smoke or, you know, vice versa, right? Yeah. And uh, that amplifies the uh, bad effects of, of many, many folds. Yeah. No, it's like a one-two punch. I mean, you're getting all the chemicals in it. Like, you're not only just getting the cigarette chemicals, you're getting right. the additional ones. Yeah, yeah. No, and again, I would argue that probably the most at-risk group is uh, teenagers, right? Mm -hmm. And um, a study was performed to compare the incidence or uh, prevalence of vaping from teenagers, uh, what, comparing 2017 to 2018. And it was reported that approximately 37% of high school seniors reported that they were vaping in 2018 and that that number was up from 28% the year before. So just from 17 to 18, that went up 28%, the prevalence of vaping for high school seniors. And I wonder this, if that that is, I just looked that up. I, I was, I was going to say, I wondered if that has anything to do with the uh, coming on the market of Juul and Juul did get started in 2017. There you go. And William, dueling William. now is as a verb. Yep. Oh yeah, I, that's embarrassing to say. Or like urban dictionary. Well, I I don't think it's made it into Webster's yet. Okay, <laughs> dueling. Well, I mean, even what last year, uh, where uh, Delbert and I previously taught, I was completely unaware. You know, just my naivete, but. I was unaware that there were all these different ways to jewel, right? I mean, they make flash drive look-alike jewels right. that you can stick. Well, into the you computer. charge it by USB. That's right. Oh. The, 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 these lithium-ion batteries inside these things for yeah. the heating elements are chargeable by a USB device, so you can stick it into your laptop. You can put it into like your whatever, like iPhone USB wall charger, right? Yeah. That's that's how you charge these things. It's convenient. 
And I remember thinking, like, oh, why is this student so attached to his flash drive? Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> He's really taking his studies seriously. And then, you know, are on there. He really doesn't want to lose them. A few, time, a few times I'd notice, oh, he'd take that flash drive and then he'd, you know, disappear for a little bit. And I think after a discussion with you, oh, yeah, they have these things called jewels and, yeah, they can plug into the computer, mimic a flash drive. Wow, that's great. I was, uh, you know, fooled again. It's like, it's like you're disguising it more, right? Like, so, like, it is. Like, it is disguised. You're not supposed I mean, to do it in a certain yeah. environment. Maybe you're not supposed to do it at school or something. Right. Your but teacher like, would not would not be wise enough or hasn't seen it before, you know. Well, think about this. We just referenced the jump in high school seniors who are vaping. The more alarming statistic out of this subgroup, an estimated 2.1 million middle school and high school students reported using e-cigarettes in 2017 that number jumped to 3.6 million in 2018. So up by 50%, mm-hmm. roughly. Yep. So what's the average, uh, I didn't go to school here, well, what's the average age for like middle schoolers? Probably, what's it, maybe 9 to 13 maybe. Jesus. So even age restrictions, right? So oh, we're thinking unreal, that right? age yeah. restrictions are going to clamp down on this, no, that no. we're going to keep people from smoking or from vaping. I mean, these age restrictions are not preventing the use of vapes among teens and young wow. adults. I think like, culturally, like people are probably less likely to clamp down on it, right? Like, so everyone knew at a certain point, well, not everyone, but most people knew smoking is bad for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You shouldn't smoke cigarettes. Right. At least the uh, kids these days. So you saw like children and they try a cigarette you're like hey stop doing that like that's gonna be bad for you yeah but i think the perception around like vaping is you know well we don't know if it's bad or it, at the very best we don't know if it's bad but like most people are like oh it's healthier right. and and and, and the companies i mean the the jewel company keeps marketing it as a safer alternative yeah. as long as they can attach the word healthy right here yeah. to it like yeah you're right so culturally people aren't like oh stop that kid from doing that like they're more probably like oh now, okay. tell us, Jack, if you don't mind, tell us about lung development, lung physiology for someone, let's say, who's nine versus 19. Like, so yeah. are, are lungs still, I mean, they're still growing, right? Because you're not a full adult, but are they fully developed? Is, is there more damage? So one of the things that you worry about, right? So like lung development is, is interesting in the fact that, yeah, they're, they're fully developed. You can obviously use them, right? Mm-hmm. This, you need them. Everyone needs them. Um, they're fully developed in a sense of, in that sense, and they're growing. They get bigger as you get bigger. But uh, the bigger thing that I kind of touch on that's concerning is that, like, one of the things that they, they had this whole thing about, like, smoking underage and not smoking before 18 at least, and then not smoking really when you're younger. And the reason they went into that is because you have to be careful then. You have more stem cells around. Mm-hmm. As you get older and you age and you go through, like, a virus, like a cold virus or something like that, you start losing some of those cells. You use them to regrow some tissue here and there and, and fix areas that you have holes in now or things have died. But when you're younger, you have more of those cells around, those stem cells around. Mm-hmm. And you're more likely then to acquire a cancer or like a rogue cancer that's going to sit there in that cell, that mutation, waiting to activate those stem cells, right? Waiting around, just sitting there. So you, you're, you're at risk. You know, I, I knew a guy that was once uh, in charge of a, a cancer research institute and he said, you know, one of the things we focus in on is smoking before 30 or 40 because your lungs are really susceptible then mm-hmm. to damage that you don't know is going to be later on coming about when you're 60 or 70. Whereas like if you're over 40, you know, it, it it's not saying they're not concerned, but they're, you know, obviously less concerned than if you're 18. So the same thing now, if you see these kids that are 9, 10, you know, 15, 16, and they're picking up this trend where half of them are doing it, 40% mm-hmm. of them are doing it. Yeah. And we don't know the long-term effects. We don't know the chronic effects of it. We're starting to see that some of the substances that people are vaping are, are harmful in some ways. They're putting people in the hospital. They're developing all these lung diseases. So if we don't know the long-term effects, we should be kind of careful about kind of that younger generation, mm-hmm. that younger population. Not that say like, oh, worry about the children, the children, like that kind of meme that goes around. But like, you have to be conscious of that because you don't know the long-term effects. Well, the thing too, and kind of sticking with the uh, aspect of physiology and what it can be doing to the lung tissue and the lung cells, um, they reported on a study, and I believe this was a study by a professor by the name of Dr. David Thicket. Uh, He's a professor in respiratory medicine at the University of Birmingham in England. 
And what they found was that, you know, with or without nicotine, and we've talked about nicotine, how certain cartridges have an exorbitantly high level of concentration of nicotine and how addictive that can be. But what they found was that either in the presence or absence of nicotine, e-cig vapor not only can increase inflammation and almost overactivate those inflammatory signaling cascades that are present in tissues and in your lung tissue, but um, this vapor was also demonstrated to disable cells that actually protect your lung tissue. And once you start damaging those cells and overriding the ability of those cells to um, protect lung tissue and then eventually possibly heal lung tissue, you then make those lungs more susceptible and vulnerable to dust, bacteria, different allergens that wouldn't have been able to uh, affect lung tissue before you started vaping. And that could then, again, maybe down the line, we see these individuals who vaped maybe more susceptible to COPD and other possible lung disorders. I imagine you know, asthma, right? Like allergic reactions, mm -hmm. things. I, th I think that, you know, asthma we've always thought about is probably being exercise induced or like uh, allergen induced in the, in the environment around you. But if, you, if you're inhaling a bunch of chemicals, you don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. The idea that like, oh, well, that's fine. But you also wouldn't go breathe in a bunch of like pollen, right? You wouldn't put your face in a bag of pollen and be like, right, right. ooh, this is so fun. Right? Yeah. You're like, no, this is a terrible time. I'm probably going to be choking and coughing and it may, may trigger something in my lungs to go out. But people are less afraid because they like nicotine, right? They, they love it to be like, oh, well, I'll just put this random smoke in my lungs. I don't know, really know what's in the cartridge, but yeah, whatever. Throw it in there see what happens. Mm -hmm. So what's the current theory as to why uh we're seeing a spike in deaths due to vaping i mean that's yes at, at last i heard right was um that the, the it was certain oils mm -hmm. that people were vaping uh, and those oils were triggering uh, inhalation of vitamin e right? and then the inhalation of vitamin e was uh, activating macrophages in the lungs and causing mm -hmm. these huge macrophages to apply in the lungs and uh, that was starting to cause problems in the lungs in terms of being able to breathe normally. So your mm -hmm. oxygen levels are dropping. Um, and, you know, if you have any other kind of complication along with that, that can, you know, that can be potentially lethal. Yeah. So and we're talking about an over exuberant and over inflamed inflammatory response. We're exactly. talking about an immune system that has gone into overdrive. Yeah. As well as chemical irritation, like basic chemical irritation of the lung tissue. Yeah. Um, and it seems like with the symptoms, right, they start somewhat gradual where maybe the individual or future patient is going to be short of breath, maybe experience some chest pain, and then eventually that could progress to the point of having really significant issues with breathing, where they're having a really hard time breathing, and that then leads to a hospital admission. And a lot of these symptoms are similar to um, pneumonia, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that's what we listen to on that NPR podcast, right? Uh, some of the treatments for these individuals has been the use of steroids. Yep. Yeah, to dampen down immune response. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of these companies are saying that their products are pure, right? They don't have some of these impurities. And they're saying that uh, who, right? like, a lot of the effects mm -hmm. are from the black market sale of uh, cartridges that contain THC or CBD oils, right? Which, I mean, we can't discount that. Right. I mean, no, there could we, be we the, the yeah, black market factor. Yeah, absolutely. But it's already illegal. So right. I'm not going to be like, ours is the safe THC. The safe brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think. I mean, some, some states uh, allow the sale of THC cartridges because marijuana is legal in those states, right? And I don't know uh, if the manufacturers of those have come out and said something about that. But um, I know that California, for example, is trying to clamp down on the black market of these THC cartridges. Mm -hmm. I know that the New York State uh, uh, Department of Health has said that uh, they think that some of the impurities in the black market THC cartridges is responsible for inducing that sort of inflammation. Mm -hmm. So um, well, I think one of my hopes is like, so we always like to find a scapegoat or something, right? Like the, the cause of this is that. And that's the only thing we should worry about. Right. But like scientifically, I'm like, well, all of vaping should be, should be banned. Yeah. Should we continue looking at this? We don't know the chronic effects. We've said that, right. you know, here's one incidence of all of a sudden you have all these cases that are coming in. We think we know maybe why, but 
you can't just kind of scapegoat that and then say, okay, well, we're good to go. Don't worry about this thing for a while. Yeah. Until all of a sudden the next thing happens. Like, keep looking at it. I mean, I guess there are people that like think like, oh, well, this hasn't harmed me yet. Right. So what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, we think we think too about all the questions that have yet to be answered or the lingering questions that probably need to be more heavily researched, um, such as, you know, are lung, lung problems more common among vapors who already have diagnosed breathing problems like asthma, or maybe those individuals who already um, use marijuana. To I mean, I, I would reckon yes, in, in relation to the asthma question, mm-hmm. but I mean, you'd have to be a colossal idiot to have <laughs> asthma and then go ahead and, you know, vape, yeah. right? Yeah. But I mean, like they're out there. I mean, they're yeah, out there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, sure. No, I mean, uh, uh, well, especially if there's nicotine like nicotine's addictive. It's it is. Addictive. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I discounted. I guess I discounted the addiction part. But you know, uh, in terms of uh, sort of aerosolizing THC or vaporizing it, I mean, this is not, this is not new, right? Like, no. I mean, you know, aerosolizing THC, uh, probably older than all of us, right? I mean, it's nothing new. It must be uh, the rest of the stuff that's in the oil or. What was Maybe it? particularly how THC is being vaporized here in this mm-hmm. particular instance. Yeah, I don't instance. think it was ever oil, right? Like it was never like immersed in something and then vaporized. It was always kind of this idea of like in those machines. Yeah, I think it just uses the the plant, the plant itself yeah. Is, yeah. is burned. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. So like if you're putting all these like chemicals in to make this oil compound, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing saying this has to be regulated. Like this is what are you putting in your oil? Oh, don't worry about it. Yeah. And so, some of these oils are anywhere from like 40%, 60% THC up to 90-some percent yeah. THC. So what's the rest? No, it's widely variable. Or is it just oil? We don't know. Right? Mm-hmm. That'd be a good question. They don't necessarily uh, put, I mean, I'm going to try to Google that. They don't necessarily put ingredients on these things. Right? Proprietary blend. Yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me check that while you guys continue. I was going to say, it sounds like we have a few ideas for... A future studies, yeah, study yeah, sure. I mean, some cosmonauts. Mouse model. Some <laughs> cosmonauts. I always thought as a kid, boy, I'd love to go up to space and be an astronaut or, you know, in another country, a cosmonaut. But I don't know if I'd be able to survive that trip. I think my constitution wouldn't be able to handle it. I like that word, my constitution. Yeah, forget about the trip. The trip itself, I'm, I I reckon it's cool with the, you know, G effects and all that. It's the actual living in space, right? Mm-hmm. The eating, the showering, the using like, the toilet. It's it's that part of it mm-hmm. that for me is. I think three days, right? I'd be fine, and then in a sudden I'd freak out. I'd be like, right, here I am, just in a vacuum, yeah, or close to a vacuum. Yeah. Like, and you know, you I mean, you come back to Earth and you gotta get physical therapy to walk again, right? Because yeah. you gotta get used to the gravity yep, and exactly all that kind of stuff. The the other part is, and you know, I recently learned about the and by recently, I mean maybe like a year or two. Um, all the bombardment with radiation mm-hmm. that you get out there that you would not normally not get when yep. you're uh, on Earth. Yeah. One of my, f- again, favorite stories, favorite movies, um, the story of Apollo 13 and just the ingenuity and not in the coolness under pressure of the three astronauts uh, when they were basically stranded out in space. This is a very, very severe tangent from where we started with vaping. That's okay. But... Boy, you know, that entire story and especially the movie. I mean, can't go wrong with Tom Hanks, but I love just how they got the astronauts home. Spoiler alert. And uh, I just, that would have been, in another life, I would have loved to have been either an astronaut or like a, you know, NASA engineer. That'd be great. You can't convince me though, like, right, they got to the moon, right? They started heading that way and all of a sudden they're like, this thing's damaged. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, right. 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 I thought that's where we were going. I thought Jack was about to say, staged, you can't right? convince yeah, yeah. me that we landed on the moon. <laughs> I've never seen the picture. But, uh, so, like, this thing's heading towards the moon, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you can't tell me there wasn't, like, at least a 30-minute period where they freaked out, where they were like, what? Is yeah. it going to stop? Is <laughs> like, it not going to stop? Yeah, am yeah. I about to blow up right now? Right. Looking into the void of space. Because they didn't know, I mean, what exactly had had exploded they looked out and saw the gas escaping and like know, in the movie, presumed so it was calm. oxygen. I mean, they're astronauts, they're calm. Yeah. But like the whole way, they're calm. They're just like, yeah, this is great. We'll be fine. We're going to make it back. I think I would have started crying, but <laughs> that's just me. You can't tell me one of them wasn't like, oh my God, we're done. It's the like, end of the world. Yeah, yeah. For at least 30 minutes. And then you come back, you're like, whatever, we got to do this. 
So veering back onto, we just took that off for him, but back onto the highway here, uh, we were talking about some of the other explosive health risks of vaping, right? And I use that word on purpose because I like to think I'm funny. Um, Hilarious. It's, uh-huh. it's yeah, um, there have in been. In my head, I'm like, where's he going? Yeah. <laughs> you should do there, comedy. <laughs> yeah, well, tell my fiance that. Um, it's been reported that with these cigarettes, there have been, you know, cases of explosions and burns that have come about, right, due to those uh, defective, what, lithium-ion batteries that well, you Well, some are powered by lithium, sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and uh, I think some have actual batteries you got to change, mm-hmm. but I think most now are for for convenience and use most out of lithium-ion, sure. Is it like a higher incidence than like normal batteries, though? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, because like there was a while where cell phones were exploding in yeah, people's yeah, pockets. Yeah. And then they got banned on airplanes, you know, <laughs> Samsungs. You can't have these anymore. I'm sure, a disclaimer here, I'm sure Samsung has fixed their problems. We don't want any lawsuits from Samsung. <laughs> we're not saying don't buy a Samsung. I, I, I owned one after that point. <laughs> and we also are huge supporters of NASA, too, just to cover our bases completely. <laughs> but um, Well, their budget has been gutted so much, I don't think they're A, listening to us, or B, suing <laughs> Small timers. Maybe that's all they're doing now. (laughs) Something else I thought was, again, interesting in a more morbid way about the health risks of vaping is the fact that if you accidentally expose yourself to the liquid from these e-cigs, you know, that has been shown to cause acute nicotine poisoning in both children and adults, which... Again, think about all these risks. So, I mean, how would, how would you, would you have to like break the cartridge and then like get all of that nicotine in one dose? It or? would have to be, I mean, a severe, I guess, breakage or spill. I mean, right? I can see how they, they can break. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen these cartridges, right? Like they're like a glass or plastic casing. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, solid construction. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, it, it makes me a little bit curious as to with all these risks that are associated and I understand, you know, addiction can be a powerful effect and factor, but with everything that goes into vaping and I guess to a degree smoking, it's always uh, boggled my mind that it's worth all these risks just to, you know, get a few puffs. Here's what I don't understand about the risk argument though, right? So like the idea was these are a healthier alternative to smoking. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a whole bunch of people that smoke, get them not to smoke, right? And then eventually over time, most people will smoke cigarettes. But instead, we also have people that would never have smoked ever again, like never smoked cigars or anything like that, mm-hmm. all of a sudden using these products. Right. So our original argument was that over time, we're going to whittle the number of users on these things down right. to zero, right? right? Like as the number of smokers go away, then less people would have to use an e-cigarette or vape. And then that number will go to zero. Mm-hmm. But then it turns but, out that... But no company's ever going to invest right, in that. No, like, no. But, and, and then it turns out that teens who do vape are then more likely to end up beginning to smoke actual cigarettes. Gateway smoking. Oh, gateway smoking. We're yeah. in trade it's the, it's, the, <laughs> it's the It's the gateway uh, smoking. I like it. I like it. Well, so, and think about lack of education, too. I think at the end of the day, and what we're all discussing here and one of our main conclusions is... Uh, it, it's a lack of education, especially aimed at these younger populations, these teenagers, these kids in middle school and high school. Um, they don't understand just how addictive these vapes can be. They don't understand what is inside that can actually make its way down to your lung tissue and cause these disastrous effects. I mean, and again, one of the goals of this podcast and hopefully what's being spread through the media now, uh, educate um, instruct as to what exactly these fumes are, are are doing to you and what the dangers are when it comes to even vaping, you know, one time or a few times, the chances of becoming addicted are, you know, quite high. That's crazy to me too. Like if you took the actual, you took the oil, right? And you're like, can I put this oil in your lungs? Nobody would agree to that. Yeah. You would say, no, get out of here. You're crazy. You're a crazy person. No, no way I'm doing that. Right. But you put it into a vapor form, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll willingly do that, and I'll willingly come back. Well, what's the cool factor here, too? And I guess that's something just for us to, you know, not debate, but discuss for just a minute or two, because I know we've been talking for We're a while uh, about close this. to uh, 50 minutes or so, so okay. you, you, we got to wrap up in about five. I understand, mm-hmm. Overseer. Thank you. Um, but, I mean, you will respect that. 
thought it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, I should get a Cartman head. Does Cartman wear like a head? It. Is it a beanie? It's no, yeah, he does wear yeah. a blue beanie with yeah. about the yellow top. Yeah, yeah. with the aviator glasses. Yeah, we'll just dress up like South Park every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, once we record, so. we're going to okay. do that, and I'm going to yell at you that you will respect my authority. Now, 40 seconds ago, I was going to talk about this, and you distracted go ahead, go ahead. me, so you're responsible. Four minutes. Um, think about, you know, back in the day, it was, it was cool. It was seen as, you know, all the celebrities smoked, all of your favorite Hollywood stars smoked. I mean, and even for kids growing up, the peer pressure, you were a cool or a member of the you know, cool club, of which I was never a member of. Um, we can tell. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, smoking was obvious. seen at as being cool. I wonder how pervasive that is currently. You know, I, I'm not in middle school, Julie. obviously. Julie. Well, I mean, I mean we, we saw some of it in our freshman class uh, at our previous institution, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it did seem that, uh, you know, juuling was a common thing. The new fad, the freshmen. right? Yeah, yeah. We so, have to go. I think what we have to do here is reverse psychology, because all the things you tell kids like you shouldn't do this becomes cool when you. It's like we should be like you shouldn't do math. Go, go ahead and jewel. <laughs> like, go ahead and jewel, kids. Jewel, yeah, jewel. Yeah, go math. right for it. Stay away from math. All the grown-ups are doing it. It's the cool thing to do. You know, it's like you get the same. You get like smoking, jeweling now, I guess, drinking, like things that you tell them no, 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 no. But then you have to like go back and like deal with them just trying to rebel and be cool, right? And even the the stigma of one of the other stigmas of smoking was, oh, it smells, right? Oh, I don't like the smell. I don't like it on my clothes, whatever. And e-cigarettes, one of the more attractive features, especially to, you know, younger populations is that you don't get that smell, right? Correct. And on top of that, they throw in flavor. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, watermelon. This is bubble gum. Really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, think about all those factors combined, trying to be cool, peer pressure, lack of education. I mean, it's not really surprising now that I really think about it that these younger kids are taking it up and then within a short period of time, they are addicted. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's transparent marketing, right? Like you, you put a nice tasting thing together and you mix it in with nicotine. And like the no, like I said earlier, like no company's investing into something mm-hmm. to get people to not use it in thirty years. Oh, of yeah. course not. So they want you to continually use. Yeah, it. yeah. and that company uh, Jewel became a billionaire company overnight, effectively. Right? And what we found with these like smoking companies in the past and cigarette companies in the past is like they're not so much interested in the research. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't care about making it public what what's in these oils or what's in these things because that's going to hurt their business. So yeah, like they're yeah. you know they, and they in certain cases have gone to active measures to not yep. publish that yep. mm-hmm. yep. so. you gotta protect the bottom line and i'd be interested with all the recent controversy and whatnot um what's i mean with the jewel company i imagine they've taken a hit right well i don't know if they've taken a hit i think uh if i was there if i were their lawyer uh i'd, I'd be i'd be prepping legal defenses already because i'm i'm sure that shortly uh, they, they're prob- they, they are most likely going to be held liable by someone, yeah. uh, if not individuals in civil suits, uh, probably going to be states, maybe uh, bringing charges against some of these companies. I, and like, I, I guess it's, to me, like, I guess it's within their best interest. It's in with any best country's best or company's best interest to make a product that is healthy. So I, I, I wouldn't hold it against them to say like, well, we try to do that. Well, no company at all. Very few companies actively want to harm people, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So I think that if they're saying like, well, we're, we're putting these out there to help smokers, then it becomes an argument of, yeah, but what are you doing to make sure you're not harming a child or, or something like that, yeah. right? Like how do you, because it is like, it, we, I guess we can, we don't know, but we assume it's healthier than smoking, right? It's healthier than smoking a cigarette. Okay. Well, is there, uh, do we want to give a brief summary? Had I guess just a very brief stat summary, and I think this is only from the past week or two. It's only a week or two old, rather. But um, in terms of what the current status is, it looks like at least seven people have died, unfortunately. And these deaths are suspected to be related to severe pulmonary injury that's been linked with the incidence of vaping. And it looks like it's affected numerous states, uh, California, um, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Minnesota, and Oregon. And the most recent estimates are that 
at least 380 cases of lung illness have been reported across 36 states and the U.S. Virgin Islands, and that stat comes from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So, and again, I would hazard to say that this these numbers are potentially underreported. Now, are we blowing this out of proportion? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, the CDC is taking active measures to begin monitoring and investigating this. Uh, they officially activated a few days ago uh, its emergency operations center. Um, they're gathering experts to monitor and respond to public health events. They want to provide additional support staff to their current CDC staff and really investigate to a higher degree these uh, incidences of lung injury. And oh, I'm sorry, Jack. I, I'm just I, thinking in terms thing of is, like 400 deaths, right? Like, I mean, like if, if we, again, just playing devil's advocate here, there's 400 deaths from, from one out of 400, seven deaths, 400 maybe pulmonary cases yes. from vaping, and it's, it's blown up in the media, right? When there are thousands of deaths from, uh, I don't know, gun incidents, mm-hmm. there are thousands Bond of deaths. Lives. Yeah, exactly. Car driving, right? So, I mean, how much uh, do we think this is a true public health concern that requires all of this you know, attention, including this podcast? I would say, in my opinion, that the, the biggest thing is if you're uninformed, right? Like, mm-hmm. So you know that you, there's risk when you're driving a car. It's very obvious, and you're informed of that. You, you know there's car accidents. Or with, let's say, drinking or something like that, like drinking alcohol you're informed of what alcohol is going to do to you, that it may cause liver disease if you drink too much of it, that you, know, you can become intoxicated and get into a car accident if you drive or something like that. With this, I think the problem is that, you know, people don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the big thing. You're not informed. It, if you're making an informed decision, okay. that's different than sure. if you're, you're sure. making a decision and you don't know the consequences. Sure. Okay, I can get behind that. So do we agree, and I guess this is a, a debate topic, and i be interested in your opinions. Should and, they be uh, our banned? listeners, please write in. Yeah, yeah. Should they be banned? Should there be an outright ban on vaping and e-cigarettes across the country? Mm. Should there be a cigarette ban? Ooh. You want to step for that? I mean, I would argue to say potentially. I mean, if, yeah. if the science is that they're less harmful than cigarettes, sure. Do we ban them before we ban cigarettes? Because I mean, those are going to be linked to cancer right associated i mean taking another step further think about cardiovascular disease heart disease does that then mean that we ban you know anything that has a certain amount of cholesterol well i mean but that i mean that's the thing that's the argument about like where do you draw the line right Mm -hmm. where where does one have uh you know control over their own decisions and bodies right you know one of the most toxic substances out there is alcohol Mm mm-hmm yeah. Right. We sure. right, and you know, all of us in this room consume it. And correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Never, heard of this. <laughs> Never ever. Right. And I you know, think I, and only, it's, I only drink Sprite at the bar. Water, water. That's all I drink. And you know, billions and billions of dollars in sales annually. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't ban it. We know it's bad for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Even Go in small it. amounts, it's bad for you. Yes, your body can metabolize it. Sure, the liver turns the toxic product. Blah blah. But we know it's bad. We know even when your body does that, it's not good for you, right? That's where I think informed, like you know, I, knowing maybe, the risk. Yeah, yeah knowing yeah, the okay. risk that you're going into. Like yeah. even smoking a cigarette. Like to this point now, I most people know the most risk. people are informed yeah. of what's going to yeah. happen with that. And I think I don't think you should ban. Well, mm-hmm. maybe a temporary ban, right? Until you can say, listen, you companies companies can still make this product or a clamp down on the sort of black market of it. Yeah. Clamp down on the black market, but we also have to figure out like. What are you putting in these oils? Like, you need to have this registered and, and regulated in right. some fashion. Like, even alcohol is regulated, right? Like, you can't just go to a liquor store if you're five and go buy some. No, they're not going to I certainly hope not. Like, <laughs> in certain states, maybe. Well, not anymore, I guess. Yeah. But, like, you can't, there's certain rules and laws associated with that. So, I don't, I think, like, if you temporarily ban it until you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, let's get all the companies on board and say, we know what's in it. This is what's in it. We'll publish what's in it just so you're aware. And then let the consumer make the decision if it's, I mean, if it's something like this, where you're going to say like a cigarette's up worse than this, right? Because there's plant material in that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else we want to add before we wrap up? I would say the one thing too, and I think you mentioned this briefly, but 
for any of our listeners who want to share uh, their opinions uh, on the last minute's worth of questions that we discussed, uh, please write in to the podcast. Our That's Gmail okay. is uh, thebiobusters at gmail.com. Um, you can, well, I guess if you email, we'll know your name. I was going to say anonymously. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, we don't, we don't read the names on, on the air. We don't. Yeah. You're true. Yeah. That's true. It's like your, your secret account. There you yeah, go. That's there right. Go. But, but uh, we'd, we'd love opinions here. We'd like to, if it, to continue to encourage debate, uh, give us permission to read your email over the air and, uh, we can express some of your views and see what people actually think about this rather than just our three opinions here. Absolutely. And speaking of listener emails, do you want to read Diana's? Sure. So um, Diana wrote in and discussed and brought up a possible idea. She says, hi, guys, just wanted to drop an idea for a possible discussion topic that has been in the news recently and unfortunately has become politicized by some news outlets. The impact of our dietary choices on climate. And the topic itself is interesting as this is an example of misunderstanding or politicizing science. And again, she provides a couple. The inclusion of a few articles and a few website links about misinformation versus accurate information. But that's something that we could talk about. And um, especially the misunderstanding and politicizing the scientific points on dietary choices on climate we had a previous podcast episode of the war on science right so this would be i think a natural follow-up for that topic sure yeah uh another email we received is from uh jessica she wrote in uh, saying that she's a new listener to the biobusters and uh, she's listened to a few episodes so far including the ones about the war on science conspiracy conspiracy theories and the recent uh episode on lyme disease Uh, She's saying she really enjoys the show and she thinks it's a great way to spark discussion. And uh, she then uh, went on to uh, give us a suggestion for a uh, possible topic. She talks about a new show on Netflix called Diagnosis. I think I told you about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a show based on a New York Times column where uh, they have these very obscure cases and they write about them in the column and then uh, they sort of saw outsource the diagnosis to millions of people out there and, you know, thousands of physicians read the column, you know, phone in. And uh, it's based on stories of people that have gone, uh, you know, gone decades sometimes without a diagnosis. And then all of a sudden they have a diagnosis because it's, you know, sort of outsourced uh, medicine type thing. Uh, it's a really fascinating concept, covers many different topics with healthcare from doctor-patient relationship to the vast amount of medical knowledge. And she goes on to, uh, you know, suggest that as a possible uh, topic. And that's something that encompasses not only rare diseases in and of themselves, but medical bias and the importance of research into these rare diseases. So that's cool. Okay. Well, that's our show for today. You can email email us at thebiobusters at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes or Google Play. Just search for the Biobusters. You can use any podcast catcher to download our episodes. You can listen to our episodes on the biobusters.podbean.com. Uh, you can even listen on iHeartRadio. And you can also find us on CastBox. I'm Delbert Ebi Abdallah. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Delbert. And you can find Christopher Fawner at Fawner916. Are you um, on Twitter? I, I don't no? think I am. I used to be like when I was younger. Okay. Well, well you can find uh, Dr. Dr. Jack Lee. Uh, second floor, uh, Lee Kong, <laughs> if you really want to get in touch with him. Any students who are listening, stop by and uh, oh, offer know. up your you know, support for the uh, three co-hosts that Absolutely. brought you the podcast episode today. And thank you all for listening, and thanks to Baha Namani for the music. And thank you, Dr. Jack Lee, Absolutely. for being a co-host. All right. Thanks, guys.